Yeah, I think one of the key things you're going to see is technology is changing very dramatically and very quickly. You think about wind when it originally was introduced to how far we've come. Solar's the same way. Welcome to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast featuring conversations with leaders of the energy transition, hosted by Smart Energy Decisions founder, John Fiella. In each episode of Smart Energy Voices, John digs deep with industry movers and shakers to reveal insights you can learn from in their stories, personalities, and visions for the future. All right, let's dive in. Hi, everyone. I'm John Fiella, and welcome to this special episode of Smart Energy Voices, produced in partnership with Evergy Energy Partners. Today, I'm joined by Robert Day, Executive Director of Origination, and Grant Wilkerson, Executive Director of Business Development at Evergy Energy Partners, to discuss how the company's responding to the unique needs of large electric power users in both regulated and deregulated markets. Please note that the views and opinions of our guest today from Evergy Energy Partners are based solely on their personal knowledge and experience in the energy industry and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Evergy or the company's opinions on the current or future energy markets. Robert and Grant, thanks for being with us here today on Smart Energy Voices. Why don't we start by having you tell us about yourselves? Give us a brief overview of your respective backgrounds and your current roles at Evergy Energy Partners. Robert, how about we start with you? Thank you, John. Thank you for having us. My name is Robert Day, Executive Director of Origination at Evergy Energy Partners. We're a division of Evergy Incorporated, and we can talk more later on about how Evergy structured. But a brief background on me would be I've been in the energy trading marketing business for uh, nearly 20 years. I've been with Evergy 17 of those years. And currently, I I have the origination department at Evergy, which we stem and grow upon the same type of business that that I've done most of my career, which is customer focused and customer centralized. And we'll talk more about that. That's great, Robert. Really glad to have you with us here. Reflecting back on the first time we met, it it was awfully nice of you to visit us at Smart Energy Decisions offices in New York. That's when we had offices in New York, and quite frankly, that seems like an eternity ago. It was a nice visit and great conversation. Very much looking forward to the conversation here today. Likewise, yes, I enjoyed it as well. Grant, how about you? Thanks, John. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about what you know we're doing, I'll call it innovative and creative ways to help our customers reach their renewable energy goals. My background on me is I've been in the industry over 30 years. I have spent my whole career at Evergy, obviously different name changes over the time, now Evergy. So I've been in the utility industry, spent six years in the natural gas side of the business and learned that, and then have spent the rest of my time in the electric side of it. And I've been in departments from resource planning to analytics to market trader inside of the compliance group. And my current role, I'm the executive director of new business development. So our focus is centered around finding creative and new products to meet our customer needs and their desires. All right. So you're busy. This is the second time we've had a chance to visit like this, Grant. 
I remember when we did a webinar together with Walmart a couple of years ago. I'm really looking forward to hearing about what you've been up to since. During your introductions, you both referenced customers. I think each of you, in fact, have used the word customer three or four times. Hey, Grant, what's your sense for what customers have been asking for in regulated markets who are looking for renewable energy? They want to meet their sustainable goals and they want to meet their power supply needs and they still want to do it economically, but they do want to look at the environment, I'll say, on the social side of it. And so they're taking all those things into considerations and obviously they want a little bit more flexibility than what they normally had gotten in what I'll call the regulated vertically integrated utility markets. I think whether the customers are in, I'll call it retail choice areas or regulated markets, the ultimate goal is the same for both of them. They're just trying to figure out how to navigate in the world of a regulated market versus retail choice areas. They want the low emissions. They want sustainable. They want it at an affordable price. And the affordable price doesn't always have to be, quote, the rock bottom lowest price, but it needs to meet all of their check boxes or their goals when you structure those type of things. Yeah. So in a nutshell, they're looking to hit their goals. They're looking for more control and flexibility. And obviously they don't want to pay any more money, right? They want it to be cost effective. But in talking to utility people from coast to coast, you hear that, you know, making that happen has been a challenge. Why has it been so difficult to satisfy these expressed needs of customers in regulated markets? When you're in a regulated, I'll call it regulated market on the retail side, you got to remember that your state commissions are the ones overseeing whether your rates are just and reasonable and appropriate and those type of things. And so they have a design format or a base. And when you go in with something new, they have to look at it as how does it impact the other customers in that rate base? And is the rate you're willing to, I'll say, then sign off on or approve, is that rate reasonable and acceptable, and it doesn't cause detrimental impacts to the other customers in that rate base. And then, again, it's a it's a regulatory environment, which just means it's going to move a little slower. You're going to file the information. They're going to have time to look at it. You're going to have lots of discussions. It's not what I'll call an open market where you can go create whatever product you want, offer it, and see if, quote, customers will buy it. Here, you've got to go get it approved, and they want to see how it impacts everybody in the rate base, not just the customer you're asking for the special, I'll call it tariff or rate for. And so that's been a challenge. And, you know, we hear that a lot. It's not just you and the customers talking, it's, it's regulators that are getting involved and they've got to approve essentially anything that you want to do. You've alluded to that over your career at Evergy, there have been numerous changes, Robert. I'm curious, can you tell us about how the company has evolved to where it is today as Evergy Energy Partners. What's the background and what does the business look like today? Sure, John. Evergy came from the merger of Kansas City Power and Light and Westar Energy about three years ago. The two companies came together once they looked at the service territories and the joint owned units that we have together. And it just made sense for us to consolidate and look at how we could bring a better product to our customers. Cheaper long-term costs for our customers was the end goal. In the Evergy Energy Partners division of Evergy, John, we look at how we can optimize the assets for our customers, put the units into the market, deal with the integrated market in a way that best performs for our customers and, and give them the lowest cost fuel. We also work for external customers 
municipals, cooperatives, commercial industrial, independent power producers by offering traditional energy marketing services, trading, origination, fuel procurement, risk management. We've also, over the last few years, and Grant has led the push on the solar and wind, which has really grown the business to the next level. End of the day, Evergy Energy Partners is a division of Evergy, and we're doing what we can to push forward for the customer and bring the best products available. So strategically, you combine these two entities, you get some efficiencies, you gain some scale, you add some new offerings. It seems to me like something that made a world of sense. Grant, so the company gets put together as, as part of that. How has Evergy responded to these large customers' needs for renewables in regulated territories? Yeah, John, it's a lot about going out and listening to the customer and finding out, okay, what are their must-haves? What are their desires? And then we worked with the customer and with regulators, and we developed a product. Now, when you're dealing in what I'll call regulated markets, typically you're going to deal with a tariff or some type of structure that you try to offer to all of them. So you don't have 20 different products inside your service territory. You kind of design one and hope that you hit most all of the needs of the customers. But it's really a lot of collaboration with your customers and your regulators on what are the things we can do to allow them to achieve their goals and also keep I'll call it the regulators comfortable with the way the tariff is structured and, and how it's going to work with those customers. Got it. So there's a lot of customer input on that. Tell us a little more about that that tariff. It's a green tariff. There aren't as many of those around the country as are needed. I'm really interested in hearing how it's structured. You know, you've got two large geographies that you're dealing with. You're in Missouri, you're in Kansas. Tell us a little more about the tariff and tell us how it works in both of the geographies. Yeah, as you, as you mentioned, it's two different states. And so we do have two different tariffs and they're structured differently inside of the Missouri territory. It's structured more like a virtual power purchase agreement. And that's a structured agreement where the utility procures the renewable resources and then you assign that resource to the customer at a fixed price. And the utility then takes the responsibility to be an offering the unit into the market, the RTO markets. They're going to take care of all the settlements and those functions that the customer may not be prepared to do. And then at the end of the month, when you get all your settlements from the market and a renewable resource having produced and all those things, we give the customer any market revenues that are above that fixed price. So the customer is taking some risk with the ability of the resource participating in the market, but they purchased it at a fixed price and they get a revenue stream that's based on the market conditions as it goes. And that's how we handle the ones in Missouri. When we set this up and we went to our state commissions, one of the things we had to do was we identified specific renewal projects at specific volumes. And so it was kind of a, it's a capped volume tariff. Once the customers sign up, you know, you're allowed to continue to sign customers up under that tariff until the tariff is full. In Kansas, we did exactly the same thing. It's a, it's a limited quantity of renewable resources, but in Kansas, it's a, it's a different structure for the customer. The customer continues to stay on their current tariff or rate with the company. The difference being is normally part of that rate is what's called a fuel adjustment clause. What do we spend on the fuel that month? And we bill it through the volumetric charge on the customer's bill. 
In this case, what we designed was we went out and allowed them to sign up with a specific renewable project, and we fixed that component of their rate. And so we replaced the fuel adjustment or floating rate that they normally saw with a fixed rate associated with the renewable energy resource. And that allows them to even do some things like budgeting. So they have an idea of next year, my fuel cost is going to be predicated on that contract and not be a floating number as it normally has been in the past with the utility. The utility rate fuel adjustment usually is what I'll call in a range, but the customer in this case can actually go in and do some future budgeting. And that was one of the uh, concepts that the customer liked about the renewable tariff is it does give them some fixed price certainty and we gave it to them for longer than just next month or next year. It's for the term of the contract. And so that was really, you know, one of the, I'll call it nuances that the customers said they desired. Well, nuances definitely sounds like the right word. I mean, it sounds like you really approach this with an open mind, with an eye towards really being creative, because essentially there are limited quantities available in both states, but the structure is different. Tell us about the challenges, and, and I'm sure there were several that you had to overcome to create and build this model. Yeah, I mean, again, when you go to your state regulators and you're asking for approval of certain types of structures or tariffs, you know, we had to look at not only how did the customer benefit, what was the company's risk, but we had to go to the regulator and lay out the other customers inside of our retail rate base. This is how they benefit from us offering this service and this product to this set of customers. And we had to make sure that there wasn't any cross-subsidization, that you at your home weren't subsidizing the big commercial or industrial customer that we were giving this, this product to. So you really walk through, okay, how does it flow through rates? How are you going to keep track of it? How does the customer get billed specifically on their bill? And so those were a lot of the challenges. And it, they're not difficult but they're time consuming and you got to get everybody comfortable. You got to get the regulator comfortable. You got to get the customer comfortable. You got to get the company comfortable. And so it's just, it just takes a little more time, but at the end of the day, you hope you get a product that is beneficial for not only the customer that's taking that rate, but it's also going to be beneficial for the other customers inside your service territory. You described that very nicely, Grant. And I really like the way you outlined the three parties, the regulator, the customer, the company. They've all got their own requirements, and you're really needing to find a way to create something that satisfies all of them. What's customer response been like? Give us a sense for who's participating in the program, and did they actually have a role in shaping the product? Both of our states' tariffs, I told you they were limited to the resources we identified when we made our filings. Both of those are now fully subscribed. And so our next challenge a little bit is, is going out and finding additional projects because we do have customers still inquiring, but you have to find projects that fit into the framework that can work. And then we'll be able to go back into our state regulators and talk about, okay, we do have a what I'll call a demand from the customers, and we've identified these projects or these services that we think fulfill all the requirements. So that's kind of what I'll say the stage we're in. At the same time, we're making sure that what we put in place is operating the way we said it would, that the customer is getting what they bargained for, and that the other customers are getting what we thought were the protections they needed. It's 
always kind of a continual look back and review. Is it doing what we thought it would do? Is it working how we thought it would work? And then how do we expand even more? So were you actually able to have customers involved in in specifically helping to shape the product? Were they involved in the development stage? Tell us more. They are involved in the, the development stage by the fact that we're going out and we're, I'll call it surveying, but we're sitting down and having those conversations with the customers. We did not have, you know, a conference where we brought 50 of the customers in and said, okay, let's get a consensus because it gets really, you know, what you think is your must have and what the other customer says, they may be slightly different. At the end of the day, we tried to get something that covered as broad a range as we could and met as many customer needs as we, we could meet inside of the structure. Okay, so it's clearly a customer-centric development process that's led to this innovative solution. It's meeting the needs of customers. It's meeting the regulatory requirements for both of these geographies. Grant, that was really an excellent recap of what you're doing in regulated markets. I'd now like to move over and, and find out what you're doing outside of regulated territories. Robert, maybe this is the right place for you to reflect on what it is you're doing in wholesale markets outside of Kansas and Missouri to serve the express needs of large power users for renewable energy. One project we've done to help bring this renewable product to to customers that don't have access to it would be the aggregation of a wind farm. We have several customers, wholesale customers, that wanted the renewable product. And what we did is we took that product to the customer instead of and had them sign up for it, we ended up getting a a wind farm fully subscribed at a price that Evergy was willing to pay. And that gave this customer access to that resource at a very competitive price compared to going out and trying to build a project just for that customer. And to give you an idea on size, there was one customer that signed up for just a half half of a megawatt. Another customer signed up for 55 megawatts. And total, there were six or seven customers that signed up for the entire facility. So you had a huge range of sizes between the customers. The aggregation and allowing them the low-priced renewable to bring to their customer as a municipal, as a cooperative, and be sustainable and, and have that renewable resource in their portfolio for the next 20 years is what we have grown our business on. Those are the kind of innovative products that Grants Group has been working on for the last couple of years. And we have uh, customers that, that have been asking for these products, and it's just morphed over time. Another way we've done that, John, is we've gone out and, and sold solar arrays to various customers. Baldwin City, Kansas, they have a solar array that's been online for nearly two years, one megawatt facility. But Baldwin City was able to bring a solar array to their community and, and very progressive for Kansas. Another municipal that is work, that we're building right now is a 10 megawatt solar array in West Plains, Missouri. I believe that's going to be commercial very soon. I think before next summer, it will be commercial. Paragold, Arkansas, they signed up for a one megawatt solar array. That should be ready before the end of the year. So we're seeing these wholesale customers come to us and how can we how can we help them out and show them that we've also been around for over 100 years and, and our future is going to be there. So we want to bring our long-term relationships to the table and show them and bring, help their customers out as well. That certainly sounds like an intelligent approach 
the, the customer segment you've identified makes sense. And it sounds like you're doing individual projects that meet their needs. And then the opportunity to slice up larger projects to meet the needs of multiple customers is something that's really on point. Well done there. What other opportunities do you see for the company in wholesale markets? Well, John, we, we also see some opportunities, not just with Evergy Energy Partners, but really for our customers. We continue to grow the fractional share business, whether it's the other wind farms that some other customers still want to get into. We have some existing projects that if if they're in the wholesale market, they can still get into. We like bringing this stuff to the table and, and letting customers know that it's not too late, even with the rising prices that we've seen in the recent six months of, of renewable projects. Robert, what I really like about that opportunity and that strategy is, is that there's actually a very thin layer of customers that can bite off large PPAs by themselves. Yet there's this massive bubble of, of thousands of companies that want to do renewables, but they can't support these big projects by themselves. So it's an opportunity for fractional shares that you're observing that the market for that, I think, is really quite large. So that's given us a good sense for where the companies come from, how you're currently structured, some innovations you have in place for both retail and wholesale markets. I'm now interested in talking about the future of Evergy Energy Partners. What do you each think we'll be talking about 24 months from now regarding how the company is meeting the renewable energy needs of large customers, both in and outside of your regulated markets? Grant, maybe we'll have you touch the retail piece first, and then we'll have Robert reflect on where he thinks things are headed in wholesale markets. Yeah, I think one of the key things you're going to see is technology is changing very dramatically and very quickly. Um, if you think about wind when it originally was introduced to how far we've come, solar is the same way. Right now, you're going to be looking at how do I integrate the technologies together? How do we make it a little more smooth? One of the things I think you're going to see in the next 24 months is you're going to hear a little bit more about demand response and how it plays a role in the integration of the renewable energy stream, especially from the customer side of the equation, right? They are the ones that can control some of the demand response and help integrate the renewable energies into their portfolio. So they're going to play a vital role in that. And I think you're going to see that expand in the next couple of years. It's the integrating. It's not just, can I bring a resource to the table, but how does the resource play with others? And that's where I think the customers, you're going to see a focus there on their side of it on making this happen. You know, things as simple as integrating EV charging stations into the, the renewable portfolio because wind blows at night. Maybe you can figure out how to charge the cars and the batteries and those type of things. So it's, I think the next one's really the transition. How do we integrate and make everything play well together? Everybody's bringing something to the table. Now it's how do we make all those things work together? The new technologies on the horizon, I mean, it's going to be, is it going to be hydrogen fuel generation? Is it going to be green ammonia that needs to be integrated? At some point, we're going to find what I'll call the renewable or the, the green technology that provides us with the spinning mass that the grid is going to need. You need some mass behind it to make your power supply reliable. And that's one of the, what I'll call challenges right now in, in renewable energy is, is how do we make sure that we keep that safety net there 
for those customers. And the customer is going to play a vital role in it at the end of the day. It may take a little while, but they'll get there. Well, you've really hit on a couple of interesting things there, Grant. First, this notion of integrating different resources having a multiplier effect. We had our distributed energy forum this week, and one of the big things that was talked about is is this growing customer interest in the area of total energy management. And that's an overall strategy that factors in all elements of both demand and supply-side factors. The idea of deploying multiple resources, multiple distributed energy resources in this overall total energy management scheme is something that was talked about a lot. So I think you're right on there. I also really liked the way you're looking at these new emerging technologies that are on the horizon. Everything you referenced is definitely going to be in the conversation 24 months from now. So thanks a lot for that perspective. Robert, how about on the wholesale side of things? Yeah, John, I I think it'll just expand on what Grant said. You start looking at the municipals, the cooperatives, the the large CNIs, they're going to want to do the same things that don't have access to to some of the larger service territories that the regulated retail markets do. So I'm sure at your conference this week, Distributive Energy talked about FERC 2222 coming down the pipe. Well, if you have a a large CNI customer in in an area where they don't have access to 2222, how do they obtain those synergies that you would see? So I think that's that's a few of the things that, that we're trying to work on as a team to help develop a way to work with the municipal or the cooperative to bring that type of product to the customer. And, and that there will be some changes in the future. And it's just a continuation of how we work with them to develop that. So specifically, I don't have an answer for you other than to say, you kind of look at what, what we're doing on the retail side and see how we can morph that over onto the wholesale side of the business and help just expand that to the customer. It's really pretty clear that everything you're doing on both sides, retail and wholesale, you've got this strong customer focus in place. I think that as long as that customer focus stays in place, no matter how the market changes, you'll both be in a position to respond and succeed. So it's really been great to hear about what you've done most recently. Very excited to continue to follow and track what Evergy Energy Partners does going forward. Robert and Grant, thank you both very much for joining me today on Smart Energy Voices. Thank you, John. Special thanks to the company Evergy Energy Partners for working with us on this special episode. And to our listeners, thanks for listening and being a part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and tell all of your colleagues and peers about it. To learn more about how you can become a part of our next event, see the links in our show notes or visit the events tab on our website, Smart Energy Decisions. We're excited about sharing conversations with leaders of the energy transition in this podcast, on our website, and at our events, all in the interest of helping you make smart energy decisions. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast. Digest the insights from today's episode and take action on the ideas that have inspired you. Join us every Friday for conversations with smart energy leaders. We also invite you to check out another SED podcast, Beyond the Meter, 
Each episode of Beyond the Meter features innovative energy projects and initiatives by large electric power users. To keep up to date with trends and happenings in the energy transition, visit smartenergydecisions.com to register for our daily newsletter and become part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. 